Hi everybody, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and I am uh, today back in our house in Michigan after a bunch of time on the road. I'm not sure how many of these I did from the road, but I was on the road. Uh, anyway, today, um, let's see, I, I am answering yet another in the question or the Q&A uh, for freelancers series. This one is, I don't have the exact phrasing, but it's basically like, should I advertise um, my services as a freelancer, and I think there was something in there, I, I don't have the exact phrasing, but I think there was something in there about like uh, like Google advertising, you know, should, should you advertise on Google, but like I'm going to address the subject of uh, advertising in general as a freelancer. Um, so should you, a freelancer is a service provider, um, so should you as a service provider um, advertise? And this is a pretty simple one for me. I would say almost certainly not. Uh, there could always be edge cases, exceptions, what have you, um, but it is hard for me to imagine that going well. And I'm going to get into uh, why that is. Uh, and then maybe like what, what could you do that would make it worthwhile to advertise? Um, so when you go freelance, you know, maybe you've been, I mean, a lot of people watching would be software engineers, um, but if you're what I'll call a technician of some kind, so maybe you're a writer or a designer, um, probably a knowledge worker, but somebody who is doing a job like labor in some capacity. I think of a laborer as a technician, like you have a craft of some kind, and there are elements of that craft that you become good at. Um, there's a book called The E-Myth or The E-Myth Revisited, where um, the author of that book categorizes people as uh, their personality elements of people as like technician, um, manager, or entrepreneur. And the technician is the person or the part of you that really likes doing the thing that you do. The manager is um, somebody who is kind of tasked with like keeping the business running. And the entrepreneur is the visionary um, that, you know, makes big deals and creates businesses and stuff. And the idea is that um, each of those three personas exist within each of us just in different proportions. But people who go freelance often tend to be technician heavy. They just get tired of technicianing at a nine to five job and they want a technician for themselves. So the, the author of this book calls this, I think, an entrepreneurial seizure that you're working, you know, as a software engineer and you're like, hey, my boss is stupid. Dilbert is right. I could do this so much better. I'm going to quit. I'm going to write software the way I think it should be written and so on and so forth. This is the technician mindset. And whatever kind of technician you are, when you go off and you freelance as a technician, usually you're doing this as some kind of generalist. So, you know, I am a software engineer. Even if you say that you're like a Rails software engineer, that's still a generalist software engineer. You might be a generalist graphic designer or a generalist whatever. Uh, that's a lot of setup. Why am I talking about all this? Well, imagine advertising generalist services. So what exactly are you going to do as a Rails software engineer? So you're a Rails software engineer, just like literally probably 3 million others. Um, when you go to advertise, like, what does that look like exactly? Are you going to uh, pay to advertise for the term Rails software engineer? Are you going to, like, you know, go on some site with, like, you know, millions of readers and pay them to say that you're a Rails software engineer? Because you know what? There's probably um, other people that would also pay for that, and not to mention probably, like, large um, application development firms that you would be competing with. That is to say, um, the advertising you would do as a generalist, you're going to be competing with large firms that offer that sort of service. Uh, so that advertising is going to be quite expensive. 
it would be sort of like if you decided you wanted to become a plumber and you know this isn't as much of a thing these days but uh, for those of you who remember the yellow pages like you go and you open the yellow pages to plumber and if you paid a lot of money you could have a giant ad right at the front of the section uh, you're going to be competing with the plumber that has the kind of money to pay for that ad, and you probably don't as a newly minted freelancer. <clears throat> so in any uh, venue that you would advertise your freelance services, you can almost certainly bet that somebody has beaten you there and has a lot more money and is going to outcompete you. So um, in the first place, it's kind of futile. Um, in the second place, like let's assume that you did find a little corner of the world where you could successfully advertise that you had hung out your shingle, so you were paying some money to get in front of people. Um, now, uh, so let's go back to this Ruby on Rails developer. Um, you've paid to be advertised somewhere, maybe in a, I don't know, a local user group. You get in front of people that are like, hey, I need a Rails developer. Well, what you've done is you've essentially recreated the job interview paradigm. Uh, they're searching for kind of a generalist laborer. You say, hey, I'm a generalist laborer. There's a well-established pattern in society for that kind of thing, and it is the job interview process. Now, imagine the rate of success that, you know, the average laborer has in applying for jobs. It's not very good. So you're paying, you know, to get in front of however many people, um, and each time, you know, especially in certain venues, like it'll be pay-per-click. Um, in a lot of cases, meaning each time somebody clicks, you part with a fair bit of money. And uh, now imagine if each time you part with that fair bit of money, you have like a 1 in 20 chance of actually landing any business. So that becomes even more expensive. Not only is it expensive to be listed there to advertise, it's uh, compoundingly expensive because it's not going to be very effective. Now, let's say that you actually um, managed to succeed in, in some of this and you're run through the RFP process that ensues when, um, you know, they find you. So they weigh you against all the other Rails developers and they decide you're the one that they go with. Now, who do you think has the um, upper hand, let's call it, in that relationship? Uh, you've positioned yourself as a commodity. They have weighed you against a bunch of other commodities and um, graced you with their business that they have chosen you. Uh, they are kind of the arbiter of what is good and what isn't in Rails developers, and they've decided you are the one that they're going to go with. Do you think that relationship is one of equals or peers? No, it's going to look like a boss and, and a subordinate. Um, now, a lot of that, if you're especially, uh, if you're new, that might not sound so bad, I mean, except the expensive part, but it'll wear on you over the course of time of being a freelancer. You don't want relationships that just recreate the boss-employee relationship, and you're just doing it more often. You want to build leverage and equity in your business. You want to build a practice. You want to become uh, known and have better and better pieces of business. And none of that happens if you are positioning yourself as a commodity answering uh, requests for proposals. Um, so that's kind of all my take on why, oh, no, my light went out. Oh, well, whatever. Um, that's kind of all my take on why I wouldn't advertise as a freelancer. Are there cases where you could maybe do it and have it work? Sure, I suppose if you found somewhere that potential buyers hung out that nobody was really there advertising and you did it, it might be worthwhile. So I can't definitively say it wouldn't work, but I sure wouldn't advise any freelancer uh, to look at paid advertising as a source of business. Um, it's just, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so when might it make sense? Advertising tends to, in my experience, work better when you're maybe doing something at more scale. So if you actually make it a point to develop a commodity offering instead of you being the commodity offering, um, maybe you write a book 
or you create some kind of um, training info product or, or course or something along those lines that supplements your freelance practice. So if you're, you know, again, this Rails developer and maybe you're helping set up a lot of um, uh, websites for, uh, you know, people that cut hair, let's say, um, you could also look at developing, you know, uh, how to do it yourself guide for barber shops uh, to set up their own websites. And then you could sell that, you know, book for, I don't know, $89 or something like that. Um, and then you could go and find certain venues to advertise. Like you go and find out like what kind of publications do barber uh, shop owners read and you put up some advertising in there and you say, Hey, you know, I have this book um, uh, that you can go buy, or you could even advertise your services there, I suppose. Um, I'll get to the idea of niching or specializing in a moment, but um, when you have a commodity offering, advertising, as long as the economics work out right, um, can work better for that. Because if you're advertising your services as an application developer, um, you're only going to be able to like fulfill one of those orders, so to speak, per quarter or per year. So um, the second you get a business hit, you know, you either take down the ad or you're kind of losing money because you have this ad up and you're going to tell everybody like, hey, I'm busy. I have a 40 hour a week uh, contracting engagement. Whereas if you have, you know, a book or an info product, something uh, that you can sell that you've already created, um, then as many people can buy that and, and or, or, um, you can get as many purchases as people see the ad uh, conceivably. Um, so if you have something that is uh, more of a commodity that you can offer, but also, you know, I should probably crucially say it's usually going to work better if you have more capacity to fulfill it. So if it's a book you've written, just kind of infinite capacity, but maybe you've developed an offering that you can pull off in two hours or something, like a productized service, uh, you know, like what Hit Subscribe does, writing blog posts. We have a lot of capacity to do that. So if we were advertising for uh, the writing of blog posts, we wouldn't hit this problem where as soon as there was business, we had to stop. Um, so, you know, advertise when you have something that's a commodity, advertise um, when you can fulfill it a bit more scale, and or advertise once you've specialized. So I mentioned a Rails developer that starts to specialize in building websites for barbershops. Well, it starts to become less important that this person is a Rails developer, so they're starting to get more out of the commodity world and more into the world of their buyers. Like, I service this kind of special buyer. Once you've identified a niche, once you've identified a buyer, um, the cost to advertise comes way down because you're not just kind of um, spraying to all fields, as they say in baseball. You're able to figure out a lot more targeted fashion how to get in front of the kind of people that you want to work with, um, and you start to have a much better conversion rate. So imagine you're this Rails developer, and you're like, hey, I make websites for literally anyone with money. Where do you go and advertise that, and to what effect? Are you going to put that in, like, Time magazine? Uh, you know, who cares? Like, no, no, your um, conversion rate from that is going to be atrocious that people are, you know, what, for every, you know, 100,000 people that read Time magazine, maybe there's, like, one CTO that's like, oh, cool, a Rails developer. Um, whereas if you are building uh, websites for um, barbershops, then you can advertise in like trade periodicals and you know that like the overwhelming majority of people that are reading that might be interested in your services. Um, so 
once you've niched, once you've kind of narrowed your focus, you're raising the odds of success. Um, the other thing that that you know uh, website build for barbershops does by doing that over and over again, you're getting more efficient at that, so you can do more of those. Going back to the um, kind of capacity discussion, if you're building websites for barbershops, maybe you have this template, like you get so good at that, you could bang out like three of them in a day. So it gets you know more efficient as well. You can take a lot of orders. Um, so I think that, you know, that specializing, getting more productized or building, you know, some kind of SaaS or what have you, as you start to diversify your offerings, uh, hopefully you're doing that, uh, and move away from just kind of trading um, or, or like doing kind of commodity labor, once you start to have kind of a specialty and area of expertise, uh, uh, more focused target market, then advertising starts to make sense. And then you can start to do some, um, you know, very deliberate return on investment math like okay i'm going to advertise in this barbershop owners trade publication i estimate that that gets you know a thousand readers a month if one in a hundred of them converted to giving me a phone call and i were able to you know convince like one in ten of those to give me business that would be one piece of business per month sure that's one piece of business per month is worth you know the 500 dollars a month advertising fee um, so you can start to more easily do math like that compared to if you say, I'm going to go and advertise, um, you know, for Rails developer, for anybody that types Ruby on Rails into the search engine. I don't know what the cost per click of that's going to be. I don't know how many people are going to be above me. I hope that, you know, some people click through to page three where my thing might be and then how many of those people are actually going to, you know, it starts to get really hard to reason about if you're more focused and you're more um, specialized and you understand who would be uh, taking you up on this advertising and why, it gets a lot easier to make hypotheses about whether this advertising is worth it and then test and measure that as you go. Um, so yeah, that's my take on whether you should advertise or not. A lot of what I said at the end there is getting a, into a little more like intermediate to advanced business owner territory. If you're just hanging out your shingle and all that was confusing, I would say the takeaway is don't advertise. Uh, don't try to acquire business that way. Use your personal network. You know, I mean, if you got to, like, go on Upwork, um, I think I've talked before, I'll, I'll link to a video on YouTube, that uh, wouldn't be how I would acquire business, but if you have to pay the mortgage in the early going, you know, and I would say um, going on Upwork is better uh, than trying to advertise. Um, so in the beginning, yeah, don't advertise. Find business in other ways. There are plenty of ways to do it. I could cover that in another video. Um, I'd steer clear of it. Once you've gotten your sea legs and you start to have more of a specialty, more expertise, more recognition, that's when you might start to think about advertising. Uh, so hopefully that helps the uh, person that asked that question and, and others besides, and I'll catch you next time.